This is the Worth Recovery Podcast, featuring women in addiction. Welcome back to Worth Recovery, podcast featuring women and sex addiction. My name is Amy. I'm your host here, and I've been sober since December 2nd of 2012. I'm super excited to be back with you today with a very special, I don't know if it's a special episode, but it feels like a special episode. I'm really excited to share with you today one of my passions or loves, and that is music. I'm a musician. I don't know if you know that. I've been involved with music my entire life. It started, my mom always says that she sung to me every night while I was growing up and forming inside of her. I think music is just part of my DNA. It's a big part of my life. My It's been a big part of my life my entire life. I learned to play the piano really, really young. I don't even actually remember learning. I just have always known how to play the piano. I teach piano lessons. Um, I play the clarinet, I play the guitar, I was a high school band director for a number of years, so I've done marching band, concert band, all sorts of jazz, jazz band, jazz is one of my favorite um, j- genres of music, so I just have done all sorts of music in my life, and I'm excited to share with you today some information about music and recovery. Pushing Play is the title of our episode, The Power of Music and Recovery. And I really want to share with you today some experiences of my own and some ideas about music and and some things and how music has helped to enhance my recovery and strengthen my recovery. So I'm really excited to share that with you today. Now, before I jump in, Just a few quick reminders, announcements, all that good stuff. So if you haven't been reading our blog, Worth Recovery is now blogging. You can get online at worthrecovery.com slash blog and read about Shannon and her experiences in recovery. I'm excited for the growth of that blog and for how many readers we already have. So get online, you won't wanna miss it. It's amazing. Shannon does a great job of sharing her experiences in recovery and I'm really excited about that because it's another woman's voice in recovery. And we can never have too many women's voices in recovery. And so I'm excited to to be able to bring that to you and that that's part now of our Worth Recovery experience on our website, www.worthrecovery.com. Also coming up in just three months, it's only three months away now, is our event in back in Seattle, Seattle, Washington. Intentional Recovery is the name of our event. And I'm excited to bring to you soon some more details about that. You can get more details on the website as far as our speakers go and all that type of thing and grab a ticket on the website, worthrecovery.com slash events. And uh, that's just going to be July 15th. So just about three months away. And I'm really, really excited about that as well. Early bird pricing is still available, so you can get on and get that. And also, I want to give a big shout out to our Worth Warriors. Woo woo, Worth Warriors. You ladies are amazing. 
When a woman reaches out for help in addiction, it's my mission to provide the voice and the hand of a woman to reach back. And the Worth Warriors, you guys help make that possible. You're the ones that keep this podcast free, that keep the blog free for all women in recovery. It takes a lot of time and effort to be able to put this together. I don't get anything out of it at this time. And so having you ladies contribute just a monthly, small monthly amount helps to keep the podcast free and keeps the website going and all sorts of that wonderful, great stuff. So if you're learning, if you're enjoying what you're learning, if you're learning from this podcast, if you're a regular listener, if this podcast has helped you even just a little bit, please get on the website and become a Worth Warrior. There are special perks and discounts for our Worth Recovery events and other things. You'll be able, you'll want to be able to get on there and uh, and get those discounts. So get on the website, look for the Worth Warrior logo, and join the movement. WorthRecovery.com. Now let's jump back really quickly to talk about music, right? I told you, shared with you some of the experiences that I had or the instruments that I play and, and things like that. But music has always been a really, really big part of my life. I'm super grateful to have grown up with lots of different types of music. When we were little, my mom exposed us to all sorts of types of music. Um, I remember after cleaning, after she would clean the living room or we would clean the house, my mom would put on classical music, just different types of classical music. My mom had cleaning music, uh, different rock songs or different things that would want you to like get up and go, right? Get up and do things. My mom had quilting music. My mom was a big quilter. And so she had songs that inspired her to be creative and and to work and to get things done. She also had studying music and Sunday music and driving music. We always had just so much music going on in my house all of the time. And I'm incredibly grateful for that. I'm grateful for all of the different types of forms of music that that she exposed us to. Rock, country, folk music, classical music, inspirational music, all sorts of different types of music. Like I said, I, I played the piano and the clarinet growing up. I also sang in choirs and I led and directed choirs or bands for church or for college. Um, I taught high school band for a while. We sang all the time. It was just part of our lives. This whole idea of music was just a constant, constant in my life. In fact, when I got to college, my first attempt at college, because it took me a couple attempts to graduate, but when I first got to college, I started to study music. I studied music theory and I studied music performance. I'm grateful for the opportunity that I have to sing and to perform and to play a variety of music from jazz to rock to punk to classical to contemporary to Broadway to folk, all sorts of music. My music tastes are varied and deep. While I was in college, my junior year, one of my fellow musicians was asked to give a presentation on the power of music consumerism. Doesn't that just sound like an amazing presentation that you would want to go to? (laughs) I did. I was really excited about it, actually. He was talking mostly about the music industry and the power it has over musicians and the public. And this man now is a world-renowned pianist, and I am super grateful to call him my friend. But one of the things that he said there in this presentation spoke to my soul, and it has influenced my life immensely. He started talking about his recent decision to become a vegetarian. 
He had decided after being around animals and spending a lot of time with animals that each had a unique karma. Now he defined karma as the energy flowing from each animal. One of the definitions in dictionary.com states that karma is the good or bad energy felt to be generated by someone or something. And then it gives the example of, hey, let's get out of here. This place has bad karma, right? So he defined karma as the energy flowing from each animal. He felt like each animal had a unique karma, a very unique energy flowing from them. He felt that when he consumed an animal, he was also consuming their karma. That he was taking in, into his soul, the good or bad energy that had been part of that animal. That energy then mixed with his own energy and had ripple effects and consequences in his life. He told some stories and some of his own experiences with eating animals and animal products. And this was what had, dis- this, this idea of consuming energy is what had convinced him and decided and made that helped him make the decision to become a vegetarian. And he decided to not consume animals at all in any way. Then he said this sentence that has kind of influenced my life. He said, consuming music has that very same power over our souls. He went on and talked about how the music industry exploits that power. I'm sure it was fascinating, and I'm sure it's that knowledge and understanding that has led him to be so successful. However, I was stuck on this concept of how consuming music meant consuming energy, and that that energy had power in my soul, over my soul, he said. I was young. I was 19. And though I had an extensive knowledge of music, having this concept vocalized had a powerful effect on me. I knew instinctively that it was true. I knew that because I knew how that worked. I understood the musical theory and the intervals and the chord structure and the process behind music that made that happen. I knew that music evoked an emotional and an energetic response. I had music I knew that would make me cry. <laughs> I had music I knew that would make me happy. I, I had music that I wanted to sing to. I had music for studying, for driving, for cooking. That's how I'd grown up. That's how my life was. I had music for hanging out with friends. I even had a, t- a playlist titled Makeout Music, right? Yeah, of course I did because I'm a sex addict. So why wouldn't I have that? Anyway, I had music and I knew that music was powerful. I had experienced it. I remember thinking, I need to remember this. I need to understand this and use this in my life. And of course, I didn't. (laughs) I didn't do much about it. I knew it was true and I knew it was important. And being 19 years old and more interested in boys and all sorts of things, I promptly forgot all about it. Now, fast forward 15 years, okay? I decide, I finally decide to enter recovery. I decide that there's something wrong and that my life needs to be drastically different. And I start 12-step recovery. I start therapy. I start all sorts of things in 2011. Now, one of the first major obstacles to sobriety and recovery for me was emotion. I had used my addiction to escape and to numb feelings for my entire life, for 34 years. And now I had to face these feelings with emotions behind them so big that I felt like I was going to drown. When I was angry, I wasn't just a little bit angry. 
I was 35 years of pent up anger, angry. It was scary. When I was sad, it wasn't just a little sad. It was 35 years of avoided sadness overpowering me. It was debilitating. It felt like I was going to drown. Any emotion, any emotion at all, good or bad, felt too big, so big, so very big that it was going to overpower and drown me without help, without an addiction, without a behavior to help me, without something to support me. I felt like I was going to drown, literally, like it was too big and that that emotion would take me out. I remember attending a concert not long into recovery, maybe a few months. As I sat there listening to the words and feeling the music, I was overcome with emotion. I sobbed uncontrollably. The friend that was with me was really worried about me. I cried the rest of the concert, uncontrollably sobbing, ugly crying. I would, I think I remember I was even like shaking a little bit. On the drive home that night, I remember thinking about my pianist friend and his words 15 or more years earlier. Music has an energy. And when we consume that energy, it has repercussions, ripple effects, and power in our lives. I wondered at that time as I was driving home, silent, (laughs) my poor friend, he was so great. But anyway, I, I wondered if music could help me feel. I wondered if music could help me process these emotions, if it could support me, if it could hold me up while I tried to feel all of these emotions without escaping, without running, without numbing. I wondered if music could be that support for me. I wanted to test this theory. And so I did what I always did. I started making playlists. But this time, my playlists were different. They were categorized by emotion. I made an anger playlist, a sadness playlist, a hopelessness playlist, a regret playlist. You can tell where I was at the beginning of recovery just by the names of those playlists, right? These were some of the ones that I started with. These were emotions that I needed to feel and that I needed help in feeling them. I needed to sit in these emotions and I needed someone to sit with me. Sometimes I would get in my car I would play the music really, really loud, and I would sing along until my throat hurt or was sore. I would cry. I would sob. I would shake sometimes. I would let the emotion flow through me. Every single word, every single chord, every single thing that there was to feel, I would allow allow this music to help me feel it. And every single time, I felt better afterwards. I felt heard. I felt like someone knew exactly how I was feeling and what I was going through. And after I processed emotion this way, I found I could speak about it better. I could speak to it. I found that I didn't have such a tight grip on me. Not only that, sometimes the lyrics even gave me the vocabulary I needed to speak to the emotion, to the loss, to the pain, to the hurt, to the sadness, to the hopelessness, to the regret. Not far into recovery, One of my very best friends called to tell me that he was getting married. Yeah, we'll call him Kevin, even though that's not his name, right? (laughs) I was angry. I was angry that he was getting married. But more than that, I was hurting because I wanted to be married. I knew this guy was a sex addict, same as me. 
I felt it was unfair that I was trying to recover and change my life and relationships and that he was just moving on to the next victim of his abusive sexual behavior. Man, just thinking about this man, I can hear the song that helped me get through this. The song is Break Even by Script. I don't know if you know that song. If you don't, look it up. Man, that song helped me grieve nearly every relationship I had ever had. The first time I heard it on the radio, I cried uncontrollably. Every single line of that song fit into, re- into some relationship that I had had through my life. 20 years of relationships that I had never really grieved. I had never really worked through. I had never really even tried to work through. I had never spoken to the pain or the hurt. I had just found a way to numb it. I had just found a way to escape from it. But that song, Break Even, I listened to it over and over and over and over and over again for days, weeks. It might have been months. It was probably months. At the same time I was going to therapy and I was working a recovery program, I talked to my therapist about this relationship, about all the relationships I had had. I talked to him about the song, about how it made me feel. He gave me assignments and things to do and I worked. I did the hard work of recovery. And then one day, I listened to it. I sang it at the top of my lungs. And for the first time, I didn't cry. I listened to it again, thinking that that had to be something weird, right? (laughs) And I didn't cry again. And I realized that the emotion had been processed. The song didn't have such a tight grip on me anymore. The pain, the grief, the hurt, it had all lessened. It wasn't gone, but it had let go of my heart. And I had healed a little bit. I think I might have told you this other story before, but I'm going to do it again. And I'm going to do it again. I've shared a little bit about this acting out partner I had named Steve. Just recently, I shared my goodbye letter to Steve on episode 84, The Letter You'll Never Send. And I read you the letter that I had wrote, had written for Steve. About 18 months into recovery, my birthday was approaching and I was bracing for impact, for Steve to contact me somehow on my birthday. I was struggling between wanting to know how he was doing and also knowing that any contact would probably send me into a tailspin. This is the time I started working on that letter to Steve that I talked about in that episode. As I wrote and wrote and wrote my heart out about everything that had ever happened between the two of us, I knew I needed help. I needed something to ground me, to help me stay resolute about my desire to end all contact and move on with my life. That help, I was praying for it. And that help came in the form of a super cheesy pop song that says, we are never, ever, ever getting back together. Like, ever. (laughs) I'm sure you know that song by Taylor Swift. There's that part in the middle where she uh, speaks instead of sings. And she's like, he called me up and he's like, I still love you. And I'm like, this is exhausting. We are never getting back together. Like, ever. And then she goes on and sings, right? That right there, that's the story of my life with Steve. He calls me up and he's like, I still love you. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is exhausting. And I can't tell you how many times I played that song over and over and over and over and over again. Like we never, never, ever, 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 ever getting back together. It will forever remind me of Steve. And it's awesome because every time it comes on, I reaffirm my commitment to my decision that we are never, ever, ever getting back together. 
Now, as my recovery progressed and changed, additional playlists started, right? I had one for frustration. That's still one that I use quite a bit. But I also have one for hope that I adore. I also have one that's just called happy. When I feel really happy or I want to feel really happy, I put on this playlist. I have one called sunshine. It's not really an emotion, I know that, but when I use, I would use it because in Seattle, it's so gray outside all the time and I needed some sunshine. It was my sunshine therapy to listen to this playlist. I also have one called fun. Also, I know it's not an emotion, but that really helped me when I was in a fun mood or I wanted to be in a fun mood. And sometimes when I listen to these playlists, especially the hope playlist, I would still cry uncontrollably. I would sob sometimes, sometimes shake, sometimes ugly cry, but for a whole different reason. Because I could feel the hope and the faith and the love replenishing my soul from this playlist. I was feeling the karma of the music. I was taking into me the good or the bad energy felt by these musicians and by these composers of the music, and it was affecting my soul. It was then that I started to really begin to use music intentionally in my life to help my recovery. Intentional, that's one of my favorite words, that and congruent. Congruent is probably my most favorite word, but intentional is that right up there. I started to really intentionally use music. I used music to support me through things. It emotionally supported me through pain, through grief, through resolution, through growth, through hope, for, through frustration. It supported me through all of these things. I also use music to help me access feelings. Do you ever know, do you ever experience that when you're like, you're feeling something, but you can't quite name it? Or you can't figure out why you're feeling that way? This happens to me. Last week, I was so pissed. I was so pissed off. And at first, I felt like it was out of the blue. Like I had no real reason to feel so angry. So I listened to my angry playlist. Yes, I have an angry playlist. And it helped me access that feeling. And within a few songs, I knew why I was so upset. Just naming it and accepting it helped me access it and verbalize what was going on. It was so helpful because by the time I got into therapy, I could say, I am so angry and this is why, right? And be able to work through that. In a similar way, I use music to help me change my feelings or my mood. If I listen to angry music all the time, I would be consuming angry energy all the time. And that energy builds up inside me and keeps me angry. I've done that. I so have done that because I've wanted to be angry. But sometimes I've consumed too much, too much sad or heartbreaking music over and over and over again until I couldn't let go of it. I wouldn't allow myself to move on from those feelings. I kept those feelings alive inside of me by consuming this music. I have to be intentional about the music I consume. I can change my mood with music if I change the music. Sometimes when I'm sad or angry and it's time to get up and move on from those feelings, rather than let those feelings hold me captive, I can use music to help me do that, to get up and move on from those feelings. If I'm open to it, I have found that it totally works. In being really intentional, I have to sometimes be really careful about the music I consume. One of my favorite voices to listen to is Adam Levine from Maroon 5. 
I've been an Adam fan since before Maroon 5, since the days of Kara's Flowers. That was his original band name, Kara's Flowers. Anyway, their first album, Maroon 5, Songs About Jane, has some of the most amazing vocals ever. I could listen to Adam sing all day long. His voice is incredibly flexible and just amazing. And then I entered into recovery. And when I entered into recovery, my tolerance for lust, especially in music, diminished really quickly. Remember, when you consume music, you consume the energy behind the music. Songs about Jane could really be titled Songs About Having Sex with Jane. (laughs) Every single song has a reference to lusty sex. One of my other favorite albums of theirs, Hands All Over, again, so much sex and lust. In recovery, I've had to give up some music because the lust or the sex triggers is too much for me at that time. And I have to be very intentional about what I do. But making the sacrifice about that energy that I choose to consume pays off in other ways. Another example, I had to delete my making out playlist. Of course I have a makeout playlist. I can't believe that I'm even telling you that I have a makeout playlist, but I did. I don't anymore. I don't anymore. Just make that super clear. But I did while I was acting out. Now, I had to delete this playlist not because all the songs were lusty or because they were about sex, but because of the amount of acting out I did to that playlist. The memories are too strong. It's just not one particular song, but it's kind of the order of the songs. And the lust and the sexual energy that creates is too much for me. So I had to delete it. It's gone. And, and I'm okay with that. I'm okay making that sacrifice because I understand that the energy that I consume affects my own energy. So when I consume lusty energy from music, it's mixing with my own energy. And if I'm not in a good place, or even if I am in a good place, that energy might be too much for me at that time. But I can consume energy that's going to help me. And that's where music comes in as well, because that can really help me to build hope and to change my own feelings, to help me process emotion and to help me move on. In our world, ladies, music is a constant. You know that. Movies, stores, TV, internet, Facebook, everywhere you're going, there's music playing all of the time. I truly believe this, that when you consume music, you consume the energy behind the music. Whatever that composer and musician felt when they wrote that song or performed that song, that is what you are taking into your soul. And that's amazing because music can help us feel. It can help connect us to emotion, to dreams, to each other. And music can keep us stuck. It can perpetuate stories, healthy or unhealthy. Music is powerful. Consuming music is powerful. And so I challenge you today. I want you to think about that power in your own life. I recently had to take inventory of this again as some music that I was listening to kind of triggered me. And I had to really think about, oh yeah, this music thing, remember, you need to be super intentional about it. And so I want you to help, hopefully this will help you to do the same thing. So I have two Two action items, I guess kind of three. Three action items for today I want you to think about. Number one, I want you to eliminate some music. Is there music in your library that you need to quit consuming? Even if it's just for a while. I know when I started recovery, I gave up the radio for a long time. 
and it was early in recovery, I still very rarely listen to the radio at all. My Maroon 5 collection is also gone. So I want to challenge you. What music are you consuming that you need to stop? That's our first action item today. Eliminate some music. Okay. Our second action item today is to start connecting music to emotion. And this is how I want you to do that. I want you to think about what you're feeling right now. What is the primary emotion that you are feeling right now? And I want you to think of or find a song that helps you express that emotion. So find that song that tunes into that emotion that you're feeling right now. Okay, so I want you to start connecting this music to emotion. When you consume music, I want you to think about how does this music make me feel? What is this music doing to me? What's the energy that I'm consuming when I do this? And the third thing I want you to do is when you do that, when you find that song that represents your emotion, I want you to share it with me, right? Share it with me on the website or in the Facebook Um, comments or on the Podbean app comments, wherever you are listening to this, iTunes, wherever it is, I want you to share that song and that emotion with me. You can do it on worthrecovery.com. Just go to this episode and share in the comments. What is your primary emotion right now and the song that helps you express that emotion? So I'm going to give you an example um, of how to do that and end with this today. So my primary emotion for today is hope. I feel so hopeful, so hopeful about the future, about my life and my relationships. And I want to share a song with you that provided so much hope for me really early in recovery. This song is called Let It Rain by Sarah Bareilles. She is able to sum up exactly how I felt early in recovery, trying to understand who I was, what I was, what I knew, how I wanted my life to change. She's able to just kind of sum that up in a few verses. I love the line that says, I want to change my mind. I want to be enough. The hope comes in this brand new ground that she talks about from the rain. And so I want to share that song with you today. Wish I were brave If I owned this city Then I'd make it behave And if I were fearless Then I'd speak my truth And the world would hear this That's what I wish I'd do, yeah
I hope that you were able to find a little bit of hope in that song. It It's just one of my favorites that I still listen to when I need that kind of burst of hope in my life. So please get on and share with me one of your songs, okay? Share with me your primary emotion and one of the songs that helps you to express that emotion. Whether you share it on Facebook or in the Podbean app or on iTunes in the comments or on the website, it doesn't matter to me. Just get online, share Instagram, wherever you are. Get online and share your emotion and your song. I want to be able to just fill the world with amazing music. Even if it's an angry song, if that's your primary emotion right now, awesome. Give us a song that helps you feel angry. Now, as always, ladies, when we conclude today, I hope you remember that no matter what is going on in your life, no matter how far you think you've gone, no matter how you feel in this very moment, you are worth recovery. 100% worth that. I believe in you. I know that. If you don't know it, you can rely on my knowledge until you do know it. So keep up the fight. Stay engaged in the struggle. Be intentional about your recovery. I think about you, I pray for you, and I love you. Until next time, Amy. stuff. The mission of Worth Recovery is to dispel shame and build hope in the lives of women struggling with and recovering from sex addiction. I am not associated with any 12-step group, religious organization, or therapeutic clinic. I am an addict sharing my own experiences and recovery.